Today is Thursday, September 8th, 2022, and Trump told White House team he needed to protect Russiagate documents. He ordered them declassified, and you heard it here first on this show on July 4th. Cringe fest at the White House as Obama returns, and the polls are collapsing for Democrats less than 60 days out from the midterm election. Rich Barris joins the show to talk about them. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. So we want to be very transparent. So as you know, I declassified everything, everything they want. I put it under the auspices of the attorney general. He's going to be in charge of it. He's a uh, great gentleman and a highly respected man. So everything that they need is declassified and they'll be able to see how this uh, hoax, how the hoax or witch hunt started and why it started. Uh, it was a an attempted coup or an attempted takedown of the president of the United States. It should never, ever happen to anybody else. So it's very important. Now, people have been asking me to declassify for a long period of time. I've decided to do it. And you're going to learn a lot. I hope it's going to be nice, but perhaps it won't be. Our first story today, it is with great aplomb and with great joy that we bring to you this victory dance and this victory lap. You won't find me on TikTok. You won't find me dancing. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I won't ever dance for this show. I'm sorry. Maybe there can be some things that I would dance for. Maybe if Ron DeSantis won the presidency, maybe if Donald Trump won the presidency in 2024, I would dance for this show. Maybe I'll make that wager for you. Not ready to do it right now. But we may get there. I'll put on my MAGA hat and I will do a dance live on camera. Let's see. Royce is cracking up saying, no, don't don't do that. We'd lose all the viewers. But here we go. The reason why I am doing my happy dance, my touchdown dance, the reason why we are giddy on this show today is because the liberal media has proven us right. Very rarely does the corporate leftist media, the likes of which uh, included Rolling Stone, NBC News, CBS News. Very rarely do these people come through, watch our show, and then are forced to report on the fact that we not only were first to break a story, but that we were right. Travel with me, dear viewer, into a time machine. Get into my DeLorean. I have the flux capacitor all loaded up. We're going to head back to the 4th of July special. The 4th of July special right here with Cash Patel. Cash Patel, who was put in charge of securing all of the Russiagate documents for Donald Trump. Cash Patel, the reason why we know that Russiagate is a complete and total hoax and fabrication on the American people. Cash Patel, the lead investigator for Devin Nunez in the House, as they investigated Russiagate and as they exposed this enormous lie for the American people. Cash Patel was here. Now, pardon the decorations. We bought balloons. We had Bud Heavies, the Freedom Beers cans, right? We were having a 4th of July festival here, 11 a.m. in the morning. We just did a 4th of July live. We took your questions and we asked Cash Patel your questions. And on this show here, before the raid, you're talking a month, more than a month before the raid of Donald Trump's home, Cash Patel revealed to you exactly what they were planning on doing, raiding Donald Trump's house and why the bombshell has now been confirmed by the corporate media who found this clip and resurfaced this clip and have proven us right. First off, here is the clip in question it says now that cash has authority, when will he release the declassified documents that were never released? 
Yeah, I wish I had the authority. So I've seen a lot of this on Truth Social. And what happened was President Trump substituted me in to be his representative at the National Archives because we did this big declass at the end of the Trump administration. And his cronies actually bureaucratically stopped the declassification process, if you believed it. The commander in chief said declassified to this mountain of documents. And he walked out and his cronies were like, well, we're not going to exactly do that. So now we're in this fight and people think I can just walk down to the National Archives and like throw it in my, you know, uh, my backpack and walk out. I'm working on it. And of course, the bureaucracy is getting in the way, but that's not going to stop us. I will be going to the National Archives in the coming weeks. I will be identifying those documents and I will be demanding that they be released because they are already declassified. The reason they're not released is because they show more corruption at the FBI and DOJ, just like we showed uh, during our Russiagate investigation when Devin and I landed. With Devin and I have always said, the American public has only seen 60% of what we've been able to see. So just imagine that, 60% and you have the biggest criminal scandal in US history, why, why won't they release the other 40%? The same reason they didn't want to release the first 60%. It shows corruption at the highest levels, it shows politicization, it shows political enemies using the intelligence system and law enforcement to prosecute a political vendetta, which should never be allowed. So I am going to continue that work at the National Archives. I apologize. I can't get it declassified overnight, but I'm on it. Let me show you an article that was published overnight from the Rolling Stone. The Rolling Stone writing that in his final days at the White House, Donald Trump told his top advisors, Hash Patel that he needed to preserve certain Russia-related documents to keep his enemies from destroying them. The documents related to federal investigation into the Russia election meddling and alleged collusion with Donald Trump's campaign that has been fully debunked. At the end of his presidency, Trump and his team pushed to declassify the so-called Russiagate documents, believing they would expose a deep state plot against him. According to a person with direct knowledge of the situation and another source briefed on the matter, Trump told several people working on the out on the outside with the White House that he was concerned that Joe Biden's incoming administration would shred, bury or destroy the evidence that Trump was wronged. They go on to cite our show as the first time, the first time that a member of Trump's inner circle discussed heading to the National Archives with a backpack to get these documents and make them public. These are the documents. These are the reason that the raid on Donald Trump's home happened. We have been covering this story nonstop for a month, okay? The raid happened on August 8th. We have been slowly but surely getting to the point where we are now 100% sure that this was a political raid executed by a political Gestapo in order to cover the asses of the deep state. They knew Donald Trump declassified these documents. That's what this is all about. This is about the Russiagate documents and the sloppiness and the banality and the malevolence of the Obama administration in order to cover up their crimes. This now confirmed by Rolling Stone and their reporting, along with other corporate leftist news media reporting. They cite our show as the first time that a member of Trump's inner circle described this battle. Cash Patel, they're saying, you only know 60% of what happened. The other 40% they have hidden, Donald Trump declassified it, and this is what the battle is over. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe told CBS days earlier that while he had no knowledge of what was in the records, it wouldn't surprise me if they were related to Russiagate. 
Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows later wrote in his memoir that he personally went through every page of the documents to make sure that the declassified portions didn't disclose sources and methods and described his frustration by what he was considered pushback by the Department of Justice and the FBI. Do you see what's happening? This is it. All you have to do is look back. Now we are going to show you from CNN of all places. The reason why you are seeing these selective leaks about nuclear capacity for the country, for various countries. Now, that's the new story out, right? That Trump had nuclear capacity documents. This is the story out now. Go back to this CNN article from 2021, November 18th. Steel dossier, a reckoning buried deep in the article. You can find exactly why Donald Trump may have some type of classification of a a, a foreign country's nuclear capability or defense capability. The reason why is because this entire Steele dossier and the FISA warrants that were delivered, FISA standing for Foreign Surveillance Warrant, that's what FISA stands for is because the Steele dossier was completely corroborated and made up, stitched together by a bunch of foreign actors, foreign adversaries to the United States of America. It was a made-up document constructed by spooks and freaks from Moscow to London. This was a foreign meddling document, and CNN says so here in their reporting of all places we wanted to cite for you cnn we cover a lot of data on this show so when was the last time you heard us talk about a number that reached absolute zero well a few times there are absolutely zero functional brain cells inside of joe biden's head there is zero percent chance of us voting for a democrat in november and there's zero percent chance that hillary clinton will become president Financially, in our lifetime, we have seen numbers reach absolute zero, and it's been terrifying. In the last recession, stocks like Washington Mutual, Lehman Brothers, and Chrysler reached absolute zero in value overnight. Could it happen again? Of course it could. And if it did, would you be protected? This is why we invest in gold. Gold has never been at absolute zero in value ever in world history. In fact, gold value is rising like a hockey stick. That's why the savviest Americans, like me, diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling, collapsing dollar. Birch Gold Group helps me invest in gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and they can help you. Text Benny to 989898, and you can convert your old 401k or IRA into a precious metals-backed IRA right now. Do it. It's the smart move, and... We got two more years of Joe Biden, so what can you do, man? Text Benny to 989898 to invest in something of real value with my friends at Birch Gold. This article steals sourcing disintegrates. This is the section of the article I will read to you. Dranchenko indictment alleges that he lied to the FBI, possibly sealed too, about the details that came became central to the dossier. Dranchenko himself is a Russian national. He was also attributed misinformation to Sergei Milan, who is a Belarusian-American businessman, another foreigner. These are the sources, along with another Russian. Her name is Olga Gratinka. 
So here you have three foreigners, a Belarusian, a Russian, another Russian, Steele, who ran the MI6 operations table for Russian agents who worked out of Moscow, who was a big Hillary fan. This entire operation was a foreign intelligence operation in order to slander and smear Trump paid for by Hillary Clinton. With full knowledge from our CIA, our FBI, and the Obama administration. This is it. You heard it here first on the 4th of July. I'm sorry, I'll calm down. You heard it here first on the 4th of July. Cash Patel told you exactly what they were after. He told you that they were stonewalling. And now you can see laid directly before you, this is what they're after. So when they leak about Trump having nuclear capability codes and so forth, what they're really leaking is the Steele dossier. Right here. Royce, scroll down in the article. Some of Steele's sourcing disintegrates. According to CNN, Steele used multiple Russian spies, a Belarusian businessman, shady, in order to stitch together his fake bundle, witch's kitchen hoax about Donald Trump. These are the documents that Trump had They were paid for by Hillary Clinton. They were approved of by Barack Obama. They were approved of by Joe Biden. The reason that Donald Trump has some nuclear capacity or whatever they're leaking right now is because these agencies, the FBI, the CIA, working in consultation with Barack Obama and his White House, Joe Biden included, spread the information that was paid for by Hillary Clinton that was cobbled together through Russian spies. Steele, Dranchenko. Sergei Milan. Olga Gatinka. Benny, you're going crazy. No, I'm reading CNN. And now I'm reading The Rolling Stone. And the Rolling Stone is citing our show and citing Cash Patel's interview on this show on the 4th of July. And they were showing you, we were showing you at that time exactly what was about to happen. We were right. I hate to be right in this scenario, but we were right. So when you see the selective leaks, when you look at what's happening with Trump and the FBI, as you watch the court orders in this battle continue, know this, you know the truth. And you heard it here on this show. And we are thrilled to bring you the truth. That is why we do what we do. The same cabal of liars who have set this all up, Obama, all the way down to his archivist, David Fierro, through the intelligence agencies, discredited and disgraced the John Brennans of the worlds and the James Comey of the worlds. All of this was designed and all of this is still being operational. This is Russiagate 3.0. This is the third time they impeached him for the second time. They did the Mueller report for the first time. This is 3.0. They're now going after Trump for the exact same thing. Planted fake evidence by them. The same cabal is back at the White House desecrating those hollowed rooms in the hollowed ground yesterday in Barack Obama's portraiture unveiling at the White House. It was a complete cringe fest. These people are guilty of sin. They know they have lost the will of the American people. There was a little celebration at the White House. It was horrifying. 
because of its cringiness, starting with, but not limited to, Joe Biden's uh, bringing back his ASMR whisper. Ugh. Go. Elected it twice. That's why you'll be considered one of the most consequential presidents in our history, along with one of the most consequential first ladies. You know, uh, Michelle, he knows, we all know, he couldn't have done it without you. Okay, Grandpa, calm down. Again, he's got the Warther's original stuck in the back of his mouth. The cringe continued as Jill Biden stood up in front of the entire country and roasted Joe. These people have sick marriages. They have sick personal lives. They're unhappy people. They're godless people. Jill Biden was the babysitter. That's why she's in this position. She was Joe Biden's babysitter, babysitting Hunter Biden. Did you know that? Did you know that's how Jill and Joe got uh, connected? She was the babysitter, the home wrecker. If you want to know why Hunter Biden turned out the way he did, man, and Ashley Biden, the entire sick lot of rotten apples, boy, you can look to Joe and you can look to Jill. And if you wonder if they have a happy marriage, go ahead and watch a clip like this where Jill Biden humiliates her husband in front of the entire nation while giving Kamala Harris a run for her money in the cackle fest. Go. Joe, honestly, everybody stood with Joe. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle, (laughs) for a friendship I treasure. How incredibly humiliating. I mean, listen, man, this is just tantamount to elder abuse at this point. You just kind of call it what it is. It's just a disgrace. The Jill Biden does this actually quite regularly. We covered this on the Newsmax show where Jill Biden insults her husband. If you want to know what's happening with a dude, yo, dudes, uh, watch the way your wives treat you. Okay, your wives and girlfriends, because other men and other people pay attention. Guys are typically like uh, not the greatest with emotions. If you want to really see the measure of a man, see the way his wife treats him. If his wife treats him like garbage, if his wife treats him like he's an idiot, well, then maybe he is. The wives know, man. Women have sixth senses about this stuff. And is Jill Biden malevolent towards Joe? I mean, we actually think that Jill Biden just knows that Joe is decrepit and unable to care for himself, and he isn't with us. Jill Biden knows Joe better than any other person on this earth. That is undeniable. And does she love him? I don't know, man. How else would you like, uh, how, how, why else would you stick with a guy who's so diseased and dandruffy and creepy? Maybe she does. I think that when Jill Biden is diminutive and mean to Joe Biden, it's because she's frustrated. And it's because Jill is actually screaming silently to the rest of us that Joe Biden isn't with us. Now, Michelle Obama got up on stage and she didn't scream silently at all. Michelle Obama got up on stage and said, I really like the second gentleman. Here's Michelle Obama talking about Doug Emelhoff, whatever, Kamala Harris's husband. Go. Thank you so much. And of course, to Vice President Harris, and I love to say this second gentleman, Emhoff. Let's say it again. Second gentleman, you're doing a great job. Boy, if there's something the Biden regime has taught us is that we live inside of a country of takers. These people will literally 
take money out of your bank account to pay for their student loans. It is infuriating. That's why it's so refreshing to partner with a company that is a giver. Pure Talk wants to give you something. That's right, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they're takers. They take way too much of your money for data you will never use. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, gives you choices. Only pay for the data that you need. That's how the average family, like mine, saves 75 bucks a month switching to Pure Talk. With Pure Talk, it's easy to find the right plan for you and your family, unlimited talk, text, and data, and plans from two gigs all the way to unlimited with mobile hotspots, all on America's most reliable 5G network. So why pay more? Here's another thing. Pure Talk's going to give you. This month, when you switch to Pure Talk, you pay one month, they'll give you the next month free. The big, woke corporate cell phone service providers would never. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, choose a plan, enter the promo code Benny at checkout, and get your second month free. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Let's say it again. It's virtue signaling, man. I mean, all of this stuff, virtue signaling is people who don't have actual virtue signaling to you that they're virtuous. Talking about a second gentleman. Uh, okay, great. Maybe this is the first time in uh, modern history that uh, uh, a white guy has been honored inside of, inside of the White House, right? Inside of like a, a Joe Biden new left zeitgeist. Wow, way to go, Doug Emmelhoff, whatever, whatever, however you pronounce the name. Dude, it's just virtue signaling. They're just, vir- they're, they're, there's not an actual focus on making lives better for the American people. It's, a, it's tokenism. It's pure tokenism. That's all it is. And it's just about like breaking, just shattering, the shattering of every every conceivable glass ceiling. It's not working. It's not working with the American people. Apparently there is a beef between Joe Biden and Barack Obama. This has been, uh, you know, this is this has been covered. You can almost see Barack Obama in his comments yesterday cringing his teeth when he has to compliment Joe. Barack Obama going, whoa, Joe. Ah, you're slightly better than my tan suit. Go. You have guided us through some perilous times. You've built on and gone beyond the work we all did together to expand health care, to fight climate change, to advance social justice, and to promote economic fairness. Thanks to your decency and thanks to your strength. Maybe most of all, thanks to your faith in our democracy and the American people. The country's better off than when you took office. And we should all be deeply grateful for that. So thank you so much. All right. So exactly how? Can you enumerate for us? Tell us how. How is it better? Let us know. Why don't you make a list? How is the country better under Joe Biden? I want a single thing. Give me a single thing. And like blue haired lesbian librarians uh, attacking Donald Trump and sending the FBI after Donald Trump. That doesn't make the country better. Forgiving their student loans doesn't make the country better. You're going to have to enumerate for me, Barack Obama, how the country is better. And by the way, if you actually love uh, Joe Biden so much, why do you treat him like absolute garbage when you're at the White House? Remember last time that Barack Obama was at the White House? And he just straight up BTFO'd Joe Biden. Watch. The Washington Post reports there's bad blood between the two of them. Barry may have been on his best behavior today, but we all remember the last time he visited Joe and he reminded him who's boss. Thank you. Vice President Biden. Vice President. 
That was a joke. That was all set up. The Post reports that Joe and his team didn't like that. They didn't think that was funny. But this whole thing goes back a while. When Joe used to grandstand in the Senate, a young Senator Obama used to reportedly tell people Biden sure loved to ramble on and the guy can just talk and talk. According to a new book called The Long Alliance, Barry also reportedly told an aide to, quote, shoot me now during one of Joe's floor speeches. I think he speaks for all of us. And believe it or not, Biden wasn't really a fan of Barack's either. The book claims Biden used to, quote, roll his eyes behind Obama's back and just couldn't stand Obama's dry sense of humor. And let's not forget this backhanded compliment. We got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook. Got it. Okay, so what's not a storybook is the relationship between Barack Obama and Joe Biden. They hate each other. That's become pretty clear. We brought you that story last week that, according to a book that's about to be published, Barack Obama said, please shoot me uh, when listening to Joe Biden give a speech. And again, as Jesse Waters says, he speaks for all of us. Uh, Joe Joe Biden, they're calling Barack Obama smart and good looking and articulate, you know, the kind of the kind of guy we've been waiting for. Well, uh, Joe Biden is none of those things. And recent polling shows that majority of Americans say Joe Biden's anti-MAGA speech was designed to incite conflict. This, according to the Post Millennial, polling has been abysmal. The new polls are in. The official polls are in. These have been fake polls and Rich Bear, Rick Barris from uh, Rich Barris will be joining us in just a moment to talk about it. Rich Barris from Dig, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting ahead of myself. Rich Barris from Big Data Poll will be joining us in just a moment to talk about this. I'm sorry, I'm reading ahead here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first official poll from after the speech. All right, so they like to say that the speech, they like to give you the polls before these events happen. So they pull stuff like the Mar-a-Lago raid, and then they tell you these fake polls before they happen. This is actually happening right now. This poll was taken after the speech. 35% of Americans said the speech is acceptable campaign messaging. This is extremely, extremely dangerous. The majority said that it was a dangerous escalation and designed to incite conflict. The poll conducted by Trafalgar Group for the Convention of the States found that 56% of Americans and likely general election voters that Biden's speech was designed and designating MAGA Republicans as extremists represents a dangerous escalation. Split by political party, Democrats were more likely to see the speech as acceptable, while Republicans and independents said that the speech was a dangerous escalation. 70% of Democrats said that the speech was acceptable campaign messaging. That's really bad. The vast majority of Republicans, 89%, said Biden's speech represents a dangerous escalation, uh, along with independents, the majority of independents. So you're losing independence on speeches like this. You're even losing like Hillary Clinton on speeches like this. This is a catastrophic backfire for the Biden regime. They were walking this back the day afterwards. The day afterwards, Joe Biden was at the White House saying, hey, uh, yo, I didn't actually uh, mean that. The overnights on this were abysmal, were terrible. And Rich Barris is going to talk to us about it in just a moment. But before we get to Rich, Hillary Clinton was saying, ah, ha, 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 maybe this was an overstep. Yo, when Hillary Clinton, queen of deplorable, says that Joe Biden is making a mistake here, maybe he's making a mistake here. Here's what Hillary Clinton had to say on The View yesterday. 
You know, look, fascism is a very big word. I know that. But so is socialism. And the Republicans call every Democrat who wants people to have health care a socialist. Uh, so I think we do need to be careful with our language. But I think the problem is if you go through the hallmarks of authoritarian regimes, uh, you see too many characteristics, unfortunately, uh, on our uh, Republican side. And my most fervent hope is that Republicans themselves will begin to reject all of that vo verbally, vocally in their voting. Got it. OK, so you see too much authoritarianism, Hillary? Really? How about raiding of Donald Trump's home? Is that authoritarian? Using federal law enforcement to raid your political opponent. Is it authoritarian to mandate vaccines and injections for people to work? Is it authoritarian to censor speech? Is it authoritarian to criminalize political parties? Is it authoritarian to create hoaxes and pay for hoaxes that sabotage your political opponent? paid for by your campaign and then shopped around to the DOJ and the FBI and the CIA. Is that authoritarian? Is it authoritarian to impeach a president that did literally nothing? It is truly 1984. The final last command of the party is do not believe your eyes and your ears. These people are trying to corrupt and change and denigrate language they are trying to change definitions of words like recession and woman, authoritarianism and fascism to mean the opposite of what they are supposed to mean. They are breaking the language and they are trying to break you. But it seems as though they are the ones who will actually be shattered on this rock. And the person who knows it best, the only pollster that we trust on planet Earth, Rich Barris, joins us now. Rich, thank you for being on the program. We're a little bit late uh, to getting to your insight here, and we thank you for being patient with us as we talk through the bombshells of bombshells that this entire FBI raid was propagated in order to do political cover for the FBI, the DOJ, and the Russiagate uh, scandal. Now that we know that definitively, let's look in at the polling. So these are polls that you have on your site, big data poll, and you are saying that this is backfiring for Democrats. Talk us through what is the data that we have seen so far from the post Mar-a-Lago raid universe that we live in now politically. Yeah, for for CDM uh, media, for CD media on you know, CDM.press, people can go look at all the polls we did in Pennsylvania recently. We, we the timing was perfect. And as always, thanks for having me on, of course. But yes. uh, the timing was perfect. Um, uh, you know, we, we went in there after he gave the speech and the student loan forgiveness, which I think is why, you know, we focused on education in these articles because it jumped right out at us. I mean, Pennsylvania is about 60 percent non four year degree, about 40 percent with the four year in advance. So it was a great state to really look at this. Uh, especially if they're student loans, but I'm not sure it was only student loans. Definitely people were uh, taken back by that speech. You know, I mean, basically like, whoa, wait a minute. It's very close state in 2020, very close state in 2016 usually is. 
that was the generic ballot. If you looked at Joe Biden's negatives, uh, and if 50% of the Keystone State strongly disapproved of him, um, he was only underwater about 43.55, which is bad. But the reason uh, that I say only, it's because only about 5% somewhat disapproved. When I say they disapproved, I mean, it was the state. It's hard to undo when you have those kinds of negatives. And it started to hurt the candidates down ballot now. The generic ballot was looking uh, very nice for Republicans. Uh, Mastriano was right on uh, Shapiro's tail. It was less than a point. Even Oz now, which, who, who uh, Fetterman was once at 47. After that, he fell below 40, uh, 44. It was about 43.8. And Oz ticked up about two points. So, I mean, there's definitely a reaction here. I mean, I don't know how anybody can, can argue there's not. I mean, again, when you look at education, um, it tells the tale without a doubt. And in all of the years polling publicly, we have never had the state of Pennsylvania outside the sampling era at the presidential level. It's always, you know, Hillary plus two or three, Biden plus two or three, Trump plus two or three. It's never outside the sampling era. This time we had Trump up by just under 7.6, 6.6, which was, uh, how does that happen? It happens when voters in Allegheny are like, whoa, you know, you're putting me in a this this scares me a little bit. And Donald Trump rises to the mid 40s in Allegheny County. That's how that happens. So anyone who, uh, you know, uh, disbelieves it, do so at your own peril. What can I tell you? I mean, plus seven for Donald Trump in a state like Huge. Pennsylvania is massive. These are numbers that I suppose reflect the Wilkes-Barre uh, imagery, right, of him filling a stadium to capacity, and then the line for the bathroom, the line for the men's restroom was larger than the Joe Biden event that happened 72 hours before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Aaron team, uh, that knew, you know, Trump going to switch, you know, northeastern Pennsylvania he was going to swing some of these areas, Lackawanna, Luzerne, he was going to do much better in places like Monroe and Pike than traditional Republicans. This time, uh, again, people go through the crosstabs, look by region. Uh, he's just killing Joe Biden. That's where, you know, Scr Scranton, Biden town, um, you know, he's just to the northeast. He's just killing Joe Biden there, uh, which was close in 2020. Uh, we thought Donald Trump would do a little bit better there than he actually did in our polling, but still was very close. We were uh, pretty much always within the sampling areas in these states. Always. Uh, not this time. Benny, it's not close. It's it, not not, it started to remind me of like Ohio in 2016, where you wow. see these people, you know, they voted for Obama, you know, and just like we know now they voted for uh, Joe Biden. The you know, as far as we always ask people, who did you vote? for, And it was the sample was Biden plus two point four, almost like right on the official anyway uh, number. I actually think it was a little bit more favorable to Joe Biden than it really was in reality, you know, but I'm just, you know, I'm walking a line here. Uh, the bottom line is those are people who said, uh, you know, I did vote for Joe Biden. I'd either vote third party now. I'd vote for Donald Trump. And uh, that's why he's at 40. And Trump hasn't not only has he not budged, he, he's he's gained some. And you can look at that. Did you vote for Biden? Uh, Trump takes twice as many. He loses less than two percent of the vote in, in 2020, which is statistically insignificant, Benny. I mean, it's, it's real. People should understand uh, that's real. And I think it's part the student loans. And it's part, um, you know, the uh, the that speech, which which spooked some people, a lot of people. Uh, but the student loan thing's not going over well. It's not.
So we're less than 60 days out. Now you're seeing these sort of crises add up. Student loan thing, you're saying, and we've been covering that, but we haven't seen any data on that. We've been covering that. I mean, it seems like such an insult to regular working Americans and people who paid off their student loans. That's not going to go over well in a working class state like Pennsylvania, Ohio. I guess it's not going to go over anywhere. I can't think of a place other than Manhattan, Midtown Manhattan and Upper East Side that would think that's a great idea. Uh what are the major factors, I suppose, that is leading to the switch? And will we see like an October surprise? Like what's your what's what's your prediction? Will we see like this c- continued denigration? We saw the Reuters article yesterday saying that Joe Biden is sinking again in polls. Will we continue to see that trend? Is Mar-a-Lago raid playing a part in this? Obviously, the Hitlerian red speech and the student loan forgiveness that isn't polling well. What is your prediction for the next 20 days? You know, I would expect uh, them, you know, we think that was overreach, the speech, the raid. I would expect something, Benny, because Trump is running ahead of these Republican statewide candidates, and he's typically running ahead of generic ballot uh, Republicans. He is in our national poll as well. He's beating Biden by almost five, and Republicans, their lead on the generic ballot fell by about two. And you have all of their favorite forecasters and pundits basically making the argument as if they care about Republicans. They're giving them advice, right? I remember Rush Limbaugh used to say, folks, they're not looking out for Republicans with their advice here. Think, <laughs> use your head. Uh, they don't want Trump on the trail. In 2018, we saw what happened. He single-handedly saved the majority for the Republican Party in the U.S. Senate. He did, Benny. Let's be honest. He ran around and he won those races in a year where the electorate was uh, D plus eight, you know, nationally, the House vote anyway, was D plus eight. They don't want that repeat. And now uh, it, he is. He's announced it. He's doing it. It started with Oz and Mastriano. He's going to be all over the place trying to gin up the Republican base, which is what he needs to do, because the difference between him and Republicans, where they're running a little bit behind, is that when we talk to the working class, or if you have some college and associate degree, when we talk to them, they are 100% behind Donald Trump. When we ask them about a generic Republican, they're like, ah, I don't really know. I don't trust those guys to really do what they say. They still see Donald Trump as a different Republican. It's going to convince people to come out and vote uh, to win some of these races uh, that, that are winnable. You know, I, I would expect them to to try to. I think the raid our law was an attempt to scare them off the campaign trail. Do I think they're going to keep wow. moving? Yeah, but I'm looking at this for a from a political perspective. They're trying to keep him away from the campaign trail. They know that that is a turnout waiting to happen. Look what Arizona. Historic. Look at Wyoming. Historic. After they raided Mar-a-Lago, what happened in Wisconsin? In 2018, 53% of the two-party primary vote was Democratic. This year, it was 53% Republican. Republican turned out by 20%. So they, they, they're not dumb. They'll say one thing behind closed doors and then write their little op-eds and their cute little opinion pieces and call Nate Silver to, you know, hey, I didn't know. Saying Trump, uh, you know, is a hindrance to the GOP, so you can scare Mitch McConnell and the rest of them, and he'll say, "Okay, whatever you need me to do, just let me know." And that's how this goes, you know. But uh, the fact is, they don't want him on the trip. It's a no-brainer. So, so I, won't, I, I would expect I, something stupid. 
I want to I, I want to punch in on a issue that you hit on a lot on your Twitter and everyone has to go follow Rich's work. It is truly the most important polling and the most important data out there and the most accurate. And that's not me just being nice to you because I'm your friend. That's Appreciate that. that, that's proven yeah. time and time again. However, uh, I do want to punch in on something in my final question to you, uh, because you are contrarian with the entire polling apparatus and everyone who does this from a corporate level on down to like a community college level. Every person is saying something opposite of you. You're saying that Donald Trump is the Republican Party, the core of the energy. And that Donald Trump is the person who brings across the victory line many candidates. And there are so many out there that are trying to say the opposite, that he is a millstone around the neck and he's dragging the party down. And without him, Republicans would be to the to the moon. And you are saying the opposite. I want you to, like, make that argument and then make it, of course, in context of what you just said there, that they're trying to, why would they try and keep him from campaigning if he was such a hindrance? They'd be like, go, Trump, go, get out there. We want you out there. Go on. Exactly. Uh, You know, that's just nonsense, what we're hearing. The truth is, since Trump came on the stage, uh, you know, back in 2015, throughout 16, it has always been true that Donald Trump gave more to the Republican Party than he ever got. His base was more than the traditional Republican Party. So candidates from the traditional wing always they got the benefit of these new voters of Trump while they didn't always trade off some of their traditional voters. Pat Toomey, Ron Johnson, 2016. I just did this on Twitter before. Neither one of them led into the RCP average or the polls going into 2016. Both of them were widely expected to lose. Pat Toomey, who would lead by a point here, a point there, uh, throughout early earlier in the in that cycle, eventually everybody heard it against him. Franklin and Marshall had Toomey down by 12. Marquette in uh, Wisconsin routinely published 10 point plus leads for uh, um, for Russ Feingold, and then eventually they heard it at the end to a closer race, but never was uh, Ron Johnson ahead. What they did not see was what I'm trying to point out now, and they are hard states to poll, but they stink at it. Uh, fact is, he didn't see these voters come, just and they killed how to please voters. Uh, in the end, what happened? Ron Johnson won and won kind of easily three and a half points. It was the first race of the night to be called. He drug Pat Toomey, who would have lost across the finish line. Um, anybody who ran from him, Joe Heck, Kelly Ayotte, they went down. They did so, by the way, by bigger margins. So you know, then he might have lost that respective state. So, you know, th- this is not really up for debate. They're just wrong. And I'm right here. Uh, the fact is, Republicans couldn't pay people to turn out in the numbers they do for Donald Trump willingly and for free. They couldn't pay them to do it. They don't inspire. Uh, wait until you see this ridiculous plan they're going to release coming up. It's going to look like 1994 all over again. Same language. They have lived in the past for far too long. And honestly, it's not a good thing that one man is this much of a party, but he is the backbone of the movement. And until Republicans get on board, fully get on board, then I I kind of liken them to teenagers who are approaching their 18th birthday and they think they can kind of like go out and live on their own. But then they call daddy for rent money, right? Because they can't get it done without him. And that's what they need to do. They've been doing this to Trump for years. The man should be able to go relax at Mar-a-Lago and kind of put his feet up, you know, but they, they he can't. That's the truth because they will lose. 
without him. And the, the funny thing here is these same people then use his margins to compare to the congressional vote we've been seeing. Minnesota won. Perfect example. Brad Finstad won that election and he won it by a margin. He got the share of the vote that is the highest since 2014 for any Republican congressional candidate in that district. And yet somehow it was an underperformance. Why? Because Trump won it by almost 10. Well, right, because he's Donald Trump. But it was still a swing to the right for uh, uh, the Republican candidate. Same thing for Mark Molinaro, who lost in New York 19. What happened there? In both of these examples, Donald Trump was not present. So he didn't juice turnout. They were missing about, you know, let's be realistic and say 50,000 working class voters. The one town in Dutchess County that had a Republican primary, Molinaro won. He still swung it by 11 points, but because he barely, you know, barely lost, it was a great result for Democrats because Trump did so much better. It's nuts. They, they, it's like apples to apples when it makes sense to them, then apples to oranges when it makes sense to them. They're cherry picking. They're not looking at the totality, the, the totality of the, you know, the data here, and they're trying to, you know, you know, dog Trump's impact while at the same time using him as a benchmark. It's extremely dishonest, Benny. It's a, you know, it's like the statistical contortions they're doing, putting themselves in these pretzels. So your your walkaway predictions for the next 60 days, what do we end up with in the House and the Senate? You know, here's the thing. I really and I've been saying this for months and I really do believe it. I don't think McCarthy and McConnell want a big win. I don't think uh, McConnell uh, wants MAGA in the Senate. And I don't think McCarthy wants to get John Boehner like Tea Party movement did to him, right, where they come in and they actually expect them to keep their promises. God forbid. McCarthy's just counting votes. He's not counting seats. This is the problem with that, though. Yeah, you can redirect funds and you can pretend like, you know, I'm not going to help Oz in Pennsylvania. I'm going to leave Peter Thiel to deal with, uh, you know, with um, uh, uh, Blake, Masters. Blake Masters out in Arizona. But in election cycles where there are swings, Benny, it's almost like the American people can just about do whatever the hell they want. And it doesn't matter what you have to say about it. And in the end, I think that, uh, you know, will they break their... They have a ceiling of 247 as far as a majority in the House. At this point, I don't think they're going to do that until, unless they get their act together. But they still are going to win the majority. 25 seats is pretty easy at this point. It's, it's easy. Even a two-point generic ballot lead that we found, uh, that's a solid win for Republicans in the House. Uh, nationally, it's the way districts are. Um, and then in the Senate, I think, you know, despite spending how much against Walker, he's back up. Right. You have New Hampshire basically teetering by a thread. You have Pat Murray, who's in trouble. And by the way, two party primary vote share in, in Washington state is predictive. She only got 52 percent. We should have seen this coming. But there's a narrative out there that's not jiving with reality. And if it does swing, uh, it, you know, then then you'll see things go that no, none of us would have thought would happen. That's the way midterms work. That's the way, especially first term incumbent midterms. So sure. I do think Republicans are favored in both right now. Still, it's going to be a wild 59 days. I want Rich booked every single week. I only trust this man. I only trust you can do that. Where can people find your work? We're going to toss up your website on screen. Yeah, Truth and Getter at People's Pundit on Twitter at People's underscore Pundit. And, uh, you know, we have the inside the numbers. Uh, as always, people can go check out on YouTube. But the best place to follow me is People's Pundit. 
www.locals.com. And if you go check out that website right there on the screen, you'll look at some of the trackers for our national polling. Uh, that's for the public polling project. And uh, if people want to contribute, of course, we'd be happy for that. But share it far and wide. Let's get a bigger base of uh, support here. The only project, the only, the one and only project solely funded by the public. No media influence, no media money, just funded by the public. So uh, we can focus on doing the best we can. Yeah. Really proud of that work. Really yeah. proud of it. Yeah. I mean, I think I think people would be shocked to know like how much they use polling actually against the American people. And they create fake polls in order to uh, rig elections. Right. They in do order to in order to hurt the campaign. They're not real. Right. It, Crystal. I'll never forget Crystal is the day of the election, Donald Trump has approached 0% chance of winning. He's publishing this from CNN. You'll not, I'll never forget it. I, I want to get it framed in the new studio. Donald Trump has approached 0% chance of winning. This is Chris Saliza of, I think he was at CNN or Washington at CNN, Post at the time. Washington wa Post at the time. Now Washington it's at Post CNN. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That was the front page of the Washington Post. Man, these Another people, winner. such jackals. Follow Rich Ferris. Thank you for being on the program, man. As always, Benny, I'll see you soon, brother. All right. All right. Seriously, it really is important for you to have the right information and good information and good polling. Good polling will show you exactly where the country is. And this next story is devastating for Joe Biden. The great American squeeze. 69 million households are now canceling vacations, driving less, cutting grocery bills. And as inflation hit home, pollsters reveal this from the Daily Mail. The share of Americans who say inflation is causing them financial hardship has risen 49 percent in January, 56 percent with rising prices, forcing 69 million American households to make cutbacks. Yo, 69 million American households are sitting there feeling the pain of Joe Biden. A worrying 12% of the surveys, 1,500 respondents said they are experiencing severe hardship. This is what we call piercing the veil in politics. Piercing the veil is this. Most Americans want to sit on their Saturdays and Sundays and have their kids come running around and jump on them, watch the game, watch football, college football, the NFL, whatever. We don't like the woke NFL, but what can you do? Eat chicken wings, drink Bud Light, have their wives, you know, whatever, like uh, shopping at Target. This is what most Americans want to do. That is the healthy and happy lifestyle of an American. That is your birthright. You have a right to live peacefully and happily in the way you want to live. That is your birthright as an American. Your forefathers fought for that right. You work and break your back for that right. And now Joe Biden is screwing with that. This study finds that poorer households are more likely than others to be experiencing severe hardship. That makes sense. 26% of those with an annual household income of less than 48,000 say the prices are severely hurting them. Of course, of course, Joe Biden would say that he is a president of the disparaged classes and the lower classes and the ones who are rising up in order to make a political phalanx around this old, diseased white guy who's been in politics and has never bought a gallon of milk in uh, the last 70 years. No, 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 he's lying. He's lying. The Democrat Party has never been more pretentious overeducated, whiter. It is now the party of the elite, the Democrat Party. 
And the Republican Party is the party of the working class. And we are very, very happy about that. We work every single day to deliver the news to you. People who don't want you to have the information that you need are the apparatchiks of Joe Biden, Dr. Fauci, and Corrine Jean-Pierre, who will have to be delivering to a judge their emails. Amazing, amazing article here from the New York Post. Corrine Jean-Pierre and Dr. Fauci are part of a massive lawsuit against big tech in the White House's coordination with big tech platforms in order to censor Americans and censor the information that you can receive. This is an incredible article. We're very excited about this, and we're going to be following it very, very closely. U.S. District Judge Terry Dowery's Tuesday order was the latest development in a lawsuit filed in May by Attorney General Eric Schmidt of Missouri and Jeff Landry of Louisiana that charged the executive branch acted in cahoots with social media giants to censor freedom of speech on a number of topics included COVID-19 and the pandemic. So what happened was the White House was working directly, we know this, by the way, from the documents that have been released, working directly with social media companies in order to demand censorship, in order to demand that various creators get kicked offline, in order to violate and be totally violative of the First Amendment. So here now, once more, you have a White House that is working in order to destroy the American Constitution and your rights. Evil malevolent, vindictive, venal times we live in. Corinne Jean-Pierre, of course, asked about this yesterday. Didn't go well. Watch. So a federal judge talking about the social media uh, lawsuits from Missouri and Louisiana. A federal judge ordered that you have 20 days to turn over emails uh, communicating with social media companies over misinformation and uh, disinformation. Um, what are those emails going to show? So I can't comment. You asked me this question last week. I can't comment on any specifically ongoing uh, litigation. And so, again, I'd refer you, we would refer you to Department of Justice. A couple of things that I would say on just as a general matter on this, uh, as we've said over and over again since the beginning of the administration in our battle against COVID-19, it has been critical for the American people to have access to factual, accurate, science-based information and ensuring that any media Media platforms have access to latest information on a once in a generation pandemic is something that has been done since the earliest days of the pandemic. Do you want to know how to do a great impression of Corinne Jean Pierre? Take a stack of papers and just look at them and read directly from them. Read like exactly what is on the papers. That is Corrine Jean-Pierre's every waking moment at the press diet. Every waking moment is just this. And then they told me what to say. And that is what we have to say. Russia has shut down the Nordstrom pipeline. That is how you do it. That's your perfect Corrine Jean-Pierre impression. It's super simple. That's all you do. Never makes eye contact. Really bothers us on this show. Never makes eye contact. We're making eye contact and we're making contact with you through Rumble. We're very excited to be streaming this show every single day on Rumble, multiple times a day on Rumble. We love our Rumble following. It's skyrocketing, baby, to the moon. And we love this platform. So where free speech lives and we're very excited to say that Rumble set new record traffic for Gen Z users. That's like very young people. Growth surges as big tech censorship rages on. Rumble platform has broken records in August, increasing, increasing monthly active users to 78 million. Man, that is a huge amount of active users. The platform reports that it's 77% year-over-year growth. Much of that growth came from Gen Z users between the ages of 18 to 24. Yo, that's Royce! 
That's right, Royce. Show the sweet people. Come on, the Royce cam. We got the Rolls Royce cam. Royce helps us do the show every single day. This is Royce. Royce, is your mic on? You can you not talk? You can't talk to the people? All right. We're going to get Royce lobbed up for stories like this. I ain't a Gen Zer. I'm not some young spring chicken. I was born in the 80s, baby. Ronald Reagan was president when I was born. Ro- uh, Rolls Royce, on the other hand, is 20 years old. Yes, confirmed. 20 years old. He is a Gen Z. He is a Zoomer. And he is in the age demographic of massive growth for Rumble users. So if you're watching on Rumble right now, deuces, baby. We love Rumble. And we are very proud to be a partner with them in broadcasting this show. More to come. More to come on that, hopefully very soon. The growth is very strong in the U.S. and Canada. 63 million uh, with a 63 million increase or 103 percent year over year growth. So Rumble just crushing it. Chris Pavlovsky of Rumble said that when you look at the data, especially the 60 million monthly active users, MAUs in US and Canada, it's clear that Rumble's growth is one of the reasons that big tech platforms have stagnated and you have seen stagnation. Although I will say this, God bless all of you. We love, we want the show to reach everyone. We do the show every, you know, no like little login, subscribe to be a member thing on this program. We broadcast this for free where the people are. We love all of you, but we are very proud of our friends at Rumble. Way to go, man. This enterprise is taken off and we need more free speech, except for this kind of speech in our next story, CNN. We need less CNN, okay? We need we need less Don Lamont. Don Lamont on air yesterday. Uh, it is amazing how the iron law of wokeism means that all of us get canceled and everyone gets eaten by the alligator. So it's best to just not be woke, right? Why would you, why would you walk into the alligator pit? Why would you swim with the alligators? If you're guaranteed that you're going to be eaten, maybe you get eaten last, But it's a guarantee, so it's best not to swim in that woke pool of filth. But Don Lamont was out there in the pool, splashing around, and now Don Lamont is getting canceled at CNN. We love it. Don Lamont is branded a misogynist after asking stuttering Republican commentator, I wouldn't actually call Essie Cup a Republican, but she is a CNN commentator, 43, if she's suffering from mommy brain. Whoa! Uh, Essie Cup is a mother. And she was on CNN. She was, you know, just catching her train of thought, right? This happens when you're on TV. You're sort of gathering thoughts. It happens on this show all the time. It happened on this show, literally, where I'm like, I'm like reading ahead and I lose my place. Okay. It's just what happens when you're alive. You, all, all you beautiful people, you like, you, you get it. You forgive me when I do this. This is a normal thing that happens on TV or when you're broadcasting. This happened to Essie Cup. I believe this was earlier this week where she just lost her train of thought. And Don Lemon woke Don Lemon, women's right pussy hat wearing BLM Don Lemon said, yo, are you suffering from mommy brain? Essie Cup? Woman and mother, dude, seriously, the cancel bots are out for Don Lemon, the iron law of wokeism, which is that we all get canceled, including the most woke among us, has come home to roost. Check out the clip. Numbers don't add up. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, where Republicans are offering ideas and they're not doing much of that anymore, the ideas are not popular among Republicans. 13% of Republicans want a total ban on abortion. 70% of Republicans um, 
Want abortions, but with restrictions, right? But want want restrictive abortion. No, I was going on a different issue, but you can go down. I mean, a majority of. Do you lose your train of thought? I do it all the time. I, I did. But <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Majority of Republicans oppose book bans. A majority right. of Republicans think that talking about race and learning about racism in school is a good thing. Majorities of Republicans are not where today's MAGA Republicans right. are going and all the things that they keep talking about. Which begs the question, what the hell are they thinking? Is it fair to say this? Because I'm not a mommy, but is it mommy brain? Is it you? you have, no. You don't have I forget what I'm talking about all the time. <laughs> it's COVID fog. You can call it COVID fog. I just... How was that? <laughs> I, well, hold, hold on. I mean, listen. If I want to get a cast iron frying pan thrown across the kitchen into my face, what I would do is I would tell my wife who's gathering her thoughts that she has mommy brain and then laugh in her face. Now, if I wanted to get sleep on the, not just on the couch, if I wanted to sleep like in the front yard, curled up under a bush, I would do that on live TV, which is what Don Lemon did. Goodness gracious. What a jackass, this guy. What a jackass. And that's, by the way, what passes for Republican commentary on CNN. In case you're wondering why CNN is cleaning house and firing everyone, John Harwood got fired last Friday. We didn't cover that. He's irrelevant. But Don Lamont is up next to be fired. Chris Cuomo. Obviously, Brian Stelter was let go. If you're wondering why they have to clean house, it's because, I mean, as a Republican, are you watching that being like, this is how my views are being represented on CNN by by SE Cup? By Max Boot. Max Boot was on that panel. Oh, my gosh, dude, you got to change it. You got to change it. And it's time for we deserve we have the right to be represented and to have our views represented. And that's why we do this show. And that's why we have a simple ask for you. Please subscribe to our podcast. Take your phone. Go right here to this link. Subscribe. You got to do it because we deliver every single day for you. The news that you will not hear on those ridiculous panels on CNN. We do the research as we developed on this show. We broadcast for the first time, Cash Patel, July 4th. You're talking a month before Trump was raided. We were telling you that the fight will be about the Russiagate documents. We were telling you that this is where it's headed. We were ahead of the, we were ahead of the schedule. Okay? We didn't need a time machine to do it. We were there for you. Can you be there for us? Can you just subscribe to our podcast? It's totally free. Can you like our page on social media that you're watching this on? Can you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, Rumble? Can you like the page on Facebook if you're watching there? That really helps us out. It's a 100% free way that you can help support us. It doesn't cost you a penny, all right? And we promise on the other end of this bargain because it does take you clicking, right? It does take you clicking. You're going to see us in your feed. We promise on the other end of the bargain that we will work like dogs. We will never stop. We will be workhorses on this show to bring you truth and to bring you the news that you need. We are in a dangerous time. Steve Bannon had to show up in court today in New York. Like we are looking at dangerous times for truth tellers. So we are putting ourselves out there. Can you help support us? Please subscribe to the podcast. Please like the page and please uh, help us share the good word. That's why we're here. We have the good word because we have our priorities straight. God, family, country. That's our priorities on this show. We were born free men and women. And we're going to stay that way. We're going to stay that way as a community. We're going to grow this community. We have such exciting things to bring you in the future. I can't announce them now. 
But we have very exciting things to bring you in the future. Some really incredible projects we've been working on. This space is 100% funded by you. We have we we are we are not owned by a corporation or some giant media entity. It's just us. In right now, kind of like a garage, right? We're at my house, but new studios to come, new advancement, huge interviews to come. So many amazing things we're working on. It's hard to keep it all inside, but we're going to right now. We can keep a secret. But not for long, baby. It's going to be exciting. So God bless all of you. Have an incredible rest of your day. Please join us tonight. Robert Davi is coming on the show. He's going to be talking to us about My Son Hunter, his new movie. Join us tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Robert Davi. And then tomorrow morning, Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch will be on this program talking about these huge bombshells from the Trump raid. Amazing stuff. We are so excited to bring you the truth. It's what we do every single day here. God bless all of you. Have an incredible rest of your Thursday.